0: Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four hand-picked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Amy.
1: And I'm Erin. And this is episode number 56, I Wanna Be Adored.
0: This is a song from the Stone Roses. And I picked this. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I picked this because, and then you just said, yeah, you did. And I was going to leave it at that. Yeah. I liked the idea that we hadn't really delved into fame or like seeking Mm -hmm. fame Mm -hmm. before. We've kind of talked about picks that think about the music industry or the film industry, but like that desire to be known, to be famous, to be adored, you might say. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we chose some good stuff for that.
1: Yeah, we did. So... Have you ever written a fan letter, Amy, or had an experience where you got to fangirl out? Um, I was kind of thinking about
0: the seminal 1980s, uh, magazine, Teen Beat. Teen Beat. Yeah. Where, um, and if no one has had the pleasure of looking at these Teen Beat or Bop, maybe remember Bop? Bop. Yeah. Oh. I think there were more, but those there two were. I remember yeah. particularly. Yeah. It was basically for us teenage Wasn't girls. was there a tiger one? There was Tiger Beat. Tiger Beat. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And they were designed just for us, yeah. teenage girls. Mm-hmm. By showing pretty much prepubescent um, actors and mm-hmm. musicians, and like even s- foldouts. Yes. Like now that I think about it, that's weird. It's like a Playboy foldout, oh, but with a yeah. young Ralph Macchio or something.
1: Edward <laughs> Furlong is the one I remember. <laughs>
0: But I remember those magazines because I felt like that was my first like, oh, this is like what it is to be a fan. Mm -hmm. You know, you you have to like what they do, but also they have to be cute and they have to be attractive. Right. And I tore out a bunch of pictures of new kids on the block and I put those up in my locker in junior high. And then they came to the Iowa State Fair and I was maybe 12, 13. (sighs) And it was a general admission show, and you could tell every young teenage girl from the entire state had come to stand in line at the state fair in 110 degree weather. I don't know, it was real hot. And um, at one point, they were using hoses to hose us all down, which I don't know if it was trying to cool us off or like, calm down, girls, calm down. Were you back selling
1: the (laughs) cattle (laughs) barn?
0: Why were they hosing? That seems very weird.
1: That's taking a whole
0: nother direction. Uh, right? Yes. So I, that is what I remember of like what being a fan was. Okay, and then finally getting into the grandstand and getting to see Nuka's on the block, but they were tiny little guys on the stage. Mm. And then I started not just watching them, but watching everyone else, like people watching, seeing oh, girls yeah. use their goddamn minds, and that was really fascinating to me. I think that's when my people watching <sighs> fascination started. People watching is the best, and. Yeah, I think after that, honestly, I wasn't as big a fan of Nukas mm. on the Black. Mm-hmm. It was like seeing them in their tiny little glory singing hanging tough. Just didn't just do didn't it. Just didn't do it for me.
1: Yeah. I had a keychain, like a kaleidoscope keychain that you could look in and you could change Ooh. the picture of them. <gasps> yeah. It was there's like three or four wow. pictures and you click the button on the top and it changed mm-hmm. the picture. Did yeah. you have
0: a favorite among them?
1: Um no, yeah i didn't either i, I like I it's either. like almost i viewed them as one yes <laughs> yes they
0: were all just one thing yeah, yeah. one big <laughs> <Grimace>. created flop <laughs> yeah. of one big machine Music. created yeah. band right yeah Ooh. yeah i mean now i kind of think about donnie Wahlberg because he's probably the most famous of them yeah but that's fair yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i think i joey mcintyre yeah he I, was the young guy yeah remember uh-huh
0: Please I kind of liked his look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to have anybody. believe it. No, I don't think he had any body hair at that point either. Probably not. Maybe he hadn't gone through puberty anyway yeah um thinking about fandom about Mm -hmm. celebrities do you think you're more or less likely to watch something or buy something or try something if a celebrity endorses it or if a particular celebrity endorses it um
1: i would say yes to half and no to half i would say yes in terms of watching something if Mm -hmm. someone's attached to a project that i really like or have grown to like then i'm way more likely to watch it or put it for sure like i want to check it out Mm -hmm. um you know, like some of the comedians that I love or (laughs) particularly, particular actresses that i've really liked their work yeah. then absolutely i yeah. they, they could get me to watch it mm-hmm. um in terms of like buying things or trying things i think it works the opposite i'm usually like yes, a little weirded too. out yeah. or i'm skeptical automatically i'm like what are Massive you doing yeah.
0: why is yeah. this happening yes
1: so i and i feel like partially that comes from a place like a lot of actresses that i really like don't do that like yes. i don't see kate mckinnon shilling for anything Mm-mm. or ad bryant or you you know yeah. Amy Poehler outside of like educational things she shills for but I mean you know <laughs> that's they're not worth shilling for yeah, yeah they don't yeah. try I don't see that so yeah. it always makes me like what are you doing mm-hmm. when it's somebody you know that's like Jessica Alba trying to sell me her cleaning products yes, and or baby on, stuff yeah. I'm like
0: we're mm. on Instagram lately I've been seeing Olivia Wilds now selling this like face stuff and yeah like, oh man like I, I really liked her and respected her and now I'm just like well
1: I mean I guess she has to pay the bills too. Yeah, and maybe it's great stuff. I don't know. I just, want I just don't want to, want to find do it. Out. No. Yeah, I just won't. Yeah. I feel I, get that. I won't. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes for companies save the money. Yeah, yeah. you're not doing yourself any favors. Yeah. And honestly,
0: you are um, having the opposite effect mm-hmm. where your two prime potential buyers, me and Aaron, are mm-hmm. saying, nope.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, another thing that that relates to, to books with that is that I'm also I pay no attention to blurbs. Do you pay any attention to no. blurbs? No, no. I pe- no. Uh, the book is solely on either what I've heard about it or whether yes. I like the author. It means very little to me if another author's yeah. read it and said, I like this. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't... Which is so
0: interesting that that's now like what the book industry yeah, sort of turns on. Yeah, a big on, part that of that it. Is. Yeah. And we've learned that from talking to some of our authors mm-hmm, in our absolutely. bonus series, that that's a huge part of both selling their book, but also then being part of the literary community is mm-hmm. you sort of feel like you have to sort Learn of swap. Things, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So interesting. Yeah.
1: Uh, if you were famous, Amy.
0: Oh, God, I can't wait.
1: Yeah. What would your first public meltdown be about? Snacks. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, listen,
0: whoever's with me when I'm uber famous, because Mm -hmm. obviously this is going to happen. They're going to have to know to bring snacks at all times. Yes, because I can get real hangry. You
1: know, that's just a blood sugar issue. Yes. I mean,
0: yes. I can't help that. If I go a few hours without eating something, I'm going to turn real bitchy and Mm -hmm. I have no power over myself. Mm -mm. So if you want to avoid that, you're going to have to bring me snacks. So I imagine a situation where someone, whoever this mythical person is, that's like minding me, Mm -hmm. um, has not brought any Reese's Pieces in their bag or some other snack. And I just rookie. lose, I lose my shit. Yeah. And then it is blasted to the entire world and I'll still own it. Because I'm like, yeah, you're right. They forgot my
1: snacks. I didn't have Reese's Pieces. Yeah. What do you not understand about yeah. this? It's
0: so not that hard. That's what I'm envisioning. I,
1: okay. I can get Will a you back that. me on that one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Good. I mean, I'm a little scared because in this scenario, I feel like I might be the person mining <laughs> you, which means that I forgot the Reese's Pieces, but... <laughs> If I just happen to be yeah, like true. along, and I'm like, "Hey, you're trying out this new assistant, and they failed," I will back you up a hundred percent. Yes, no, yeah. this wouldn't
0: happen if it was you. Like, I yeah. wouldn't have a meltdown. Well, I wouldn't was forget you. the
1: Reese's pieces. Well, see, there you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, if I was going to have a meltdown and you were around, it would be directed elsewhere, yeah. just at the whole world. world. Yeah, yeah. For and really, then I'd be
1: like, mic drop, and you'd walk out after <laughs> you. It was like, oh, yeah. Ride or die. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm supporting her. What's
0: going to be great is we're going to do this before we're uber famous, and then it's going to go viral, and people are going to be like, "Wait, who are they? What's yeah, why, what why, is why,
1: happening?" Why is she really likes a Pieces. She right. really likes a Pieces. Is this a Reese's Pieces Super Bowl?
0: Also, Reese's Pieces. We've called you out multiple times on this podcast. If <laughs> you want to get in all. on this sweet, Show sweet a action, a <laughs> then send me a crate full of Reese's Pieces, and we'll talk more about you.
1: You don't even have to pay us. No. Just send us, send, pieces. send me a
0: good supply, and we're good to go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. How likely do you think that's going to happen?
1: Uh, scale of one to <laughs> ten. Yeah. Yeah, Negative two. <laughs> yes. I feel like we might get a cease and desist yes. before we get a great Polarises piece. Really <laughs> Could you please never mention our product again? <laughs> we l- ever. <laughs> we will pay you not. I don't want you to be to seen in public reasons. eating our <laughs> <laughs> product. Just forget they exist. Oh,
0: boy. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you think – we might have just answered this. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the worst job in show business besides minding
1: me and forgetting your snacks and then Mm -hmm. I lose my shit? Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think is the worst job and would you be willing to do it? Um, I think the worst job has to be like the PR people, the spin, Right, like they do something crazy and then yes. you have to spin it. And I absolutely wouldn't do it because there is my one trigger is just completely being not logical, like yes. not being able to listen to reason. Like if I told you not to do something and then you just went nuts and did it anyway, I got, I, there's nothing I can say. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I want to feel just me- like. Lie in your own bed, man. Yes. Yes. I just, I I have to walk away. And I think that's probably the opposite of what a PR person's supposed to do. They're supposed to get in the trenches and help you out. And I'd be like, look, you blew this shit up. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Like, I told you not to do that explicitly and you did it. So Mm -hmm. no.
0: And I feel like, too, like publicity is turning into this real dark area Mm -hmm. where it's trying to, you know, drudge up drama. It's Mm -hmm. trying to look for moments like this,
1: which I would want
0: no part of. I'd feel so dirty. No.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: I mean, I'm willing to sell my soul for Reese's Pieces, but beyond that... Beyond that,
1: I've got standards. Yeah. 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 I just wouldn't be able to do... Yeah. And I might even be... You might be able to get me to do some of those dark things. I just wouldn't be able to deal with the person. Like, yes. Like, I'd just be like, so you... Really? That's what you yeah. did?
0: Because you don't... Know, I bet that's basically turning into a babysitting role. It so, is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And then
1: I'm going to... Now you put me in a mom role, and now I'm going to have to discipline you so you don't do that again, because mm-hmm. we need to learn from our mistakes, and you're clearly not learning. Mm-hmm. So... You know what? Now I've come full circle and I feel oh. like now I do want to do it. Oh. And now I want to be like the PR person everyone wants. And i am like, mm, I don't know if I, I can I mean, take I think you, you would on. do a good job. This, we're going to have to work on it. Yeah. But mm, let me think about it over the weekend. I'll go back yeah. to you on Monday.
0: Would you then go for the really
1: messed up people mm-hmm. just so
0: you could? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just so you can turn them into a better person or mm-hmm. discipline them?
1: Discipline them. Yeah. yeah. Put them in yeah. a worldwide timeout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's looking at I you, Justin the world. Bieber.
0: <laughs> oh, God. He's scary.
1: What's going on there? I don't know. It freaks me out, It's though. like a weird 90s skater It feels it's like so I'm weird. looking at a sex offender every time I look at him. And the song's called Yummy. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm sorry. That was more of a plug than I ever it wanted was- <laughs> to give him. But...
0: Oh, yeah, well, he was on SNL a few weeks ago with RuPaul, which RuPaul, wonderful. Great, knocked out But then the suddenly the music started coming on. I was like, what is, what is happening? in this is, a box. This is real, this is
1: scary. But also like slow motion. Like I almost yeah. felt like I was at like a spring talent show <laughs> yes. at a school. Yes. And I'm like, oh, that's different. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm like, I, well, uh, yeah. he's very courageous. We'll give mm-hmm. him that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clap. I don't think
0: he's uh, aged well into uh, his whoever he's going Mm-mm. to be. Yeah, Mm-mm. okay. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Anyway. I want to be adored. Justin Bieber was adored for a while, and he then is. things turned weird. Look what weird. happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. So my fiction pick this mm-hmm. week is called A Song for a New Day by Sarah Pinsker. Mm. And I will also say that while I was reading this book, every time I picked it up, I got Promise for a New Day from Paula Abdul in my head. Do you remember that song? Yes. Promise, promise of a new Which is, there is nothing to do with Paula Abdul okay. in this book. And it was a real disconcerting experience every yeah. time I picked it up so I just wanted to give you a glimpse into my I, okay, world and okay, in my my head okay. um, the book is actually called a Song for a New day as I said by Sarah Pinsker from
1: 2019
0: okay um, Luce is a musician. And one of her songs is just taken off. So she's headlighting this big marquee. Like, this is sort of the moment where things are going to start really happening for her. But then out in the world, there is this coordinated series of terrorist attacks and bomb threats on a scale that's never been seen before. So the government's response is to outlaw public gatherings, Mm -hmm. including concerts. So then a few years later, Rosemary is a virtual customer service rep. And in her world, this is maybe a couple decades after those laws have changed, no one goes out into the world anymore. Everyone stays in their home. Everyone works virtually. Everyone gets things delivered to them by drone. Mm. And the only contact with other people is in this place that's called Hood Space. It's sort of internet virtual reality kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So Rosemary hears about this company that does virtual concerts. So you go into this virtual reality, you see like a concert and these musicians, but it's not like an actual public gathering. So she becomes a talent scout. And in that way she finds this underground community of tiny illegal house concerts where all these oh. musicians are still performing. Oh. And Luce is one of them. This oh. woman that was going to make it. So Rosemary first has to discover like what it's out what it's like being out in the world, let alone being in a tiny concert space with people around her. And she's been taught to believe that being around people is dangerous mm-hmm. and it's scary. Um And pretty soon, though, she realizes that virtual concerts aren't really good enough. They're no match for, like, what really happens Mm -hmm. in a live show. So I chose this book for a a number of reasons. One, there's kind of two different uh, kinds of musicians here. There's those that sort of want all the trappings of fame and money, and they're willing to align with this company that's doing virtual concerts because they'll give them fame and money. They just won't have real people watching them. Right. Then there's the musicians that love music because you get to play for people and you have that connection with other humans. Mm-hmm. And the fame and the money maybe isn't as important to them. So neither one of those is necessarily wrong. It's just there's this two two different kinds of mm-hmm. fame and, uh, and music playing now. So I think this was a brilliant concept. And there's – what I love is there's nothing really like seeing a band live or discovering a band live. And and this novel kind of channels that by – outlawing it first and then bringing it back into the world and so that's so cool and sarah pinsker is a musician herself so she's able to write about music in this really wonderful way that makes you feel like you're in these situations both in rosemary's situation and loose and it's it's a really wild ride i
1: recommend it that sounds great yeah
0: very cool not a promise for a new day just to be clear not
1: Paul. as much as i keep repeating it which
0: makes it less clear
1: right yes Okay, oh, Okay. well, uh, my fiction pick this week is called Kiss Me First by Lottie Magek. Um This was published in 2013. Um, it's, so Lila the, is the main character. She's a young woman that's very isolated in her everyday life. She was raised by single mom, um, was kind of kept inside. You didn't really connect with peers. She struggled in that way, but she's very, very intelligent. Um, so she discovers a website called The Red Pill, where she can kind of let the part of herself that she feels the most confident about out and that's her intellect. So this is a website where people go to have like ethical debates and talk about political discourse. I mean, high level chat room basically. So she's almost like addicted to the attention that she receives on the website. Cause she doesn't get that anywhere else in her life. There's a lot of validation for um, some of the thoughts she brings forward and how she processes things and how she arguments that she presents and she garners um, some support and attention from the founder of the website named Adrian. And Adrian, out of the blue, asks to meet her. And so Lila, yeah, beyond flattered, is like, yes, and decides to take this risk and do it. And when he meets her, he says, I have a special project that I would really like you to be a part of. It's called Project Tess. And what he says is that he is helping this woman who is unhappy in her life disappear uh, but he wants someone to play her on the internet. Oh. So it appears to her family and friends that she's still alive, just not around them or still around, just not, you know, whether that be like in another country, you're traveling, whatever. So he p- tasks her with studying this woman, getting to know her. How does she write? How does she talk? How does she act? What kind of pictures does she take? This feels like it's going down a bad path. Yeah. So she's supposed to help this real person disappear by impersonating her online. And like you said, Bad path from there. Mm -hmm, Can't mm -hmm. tell you much more because I'll ruin all the twists and turns. But it is twisty. It's dark. Super interesting. It is just like this bright spotlight on the lengths that we go to feel included and to feel connected. And particularly in the age of social media, the lengths we go to convince other people that our lives are picture perfect and great. Like this is look at how great I am and look how wonderful this is. Um, And that's the part of the book that I really loved was just this like, okay, you know. I'm putting up all this fake imagery and you know, these two people that are working on the project know it's fake, but all these other people are just buying into Mm. it and probably feeling inadequate in their own lives because it looks like she's doing so great. Yeah. Um, It's, it's also kind of a a really dark commentary on like the downsides of the internet and the downside of social media. It kind of does this thing where, you know, kind of like a bad dog, you like rub, you know, the reader's nose in it. Like Uh this is, this is sketchy, like Like, better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh And there's a lot that you can see yourself in if you use social media at all, unfortunately, that you can no matter how cognizant of it you try to be or how much of a conscious user you try to be, Mm -hmm. there's still parts of it that you're contributing to just by using that. So really interesting book. A lot of interesting takes in it. Also great psychological thriller on the side. So I really enjoyed it.
0: What a great pick for this theme, though, that it deals with social media, which Mm -hmm. is, I think it is such a way for people to feel adored or to try and feel like less lonely, even though then that contributes more to loneliness. It's such yes. a strange system that we have. Yeah, now. it is. Yeah, yeah that yeah, kind absolutely. of precludes human connection. That's not really there. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm.
1: exactly. And, and I mean, we've talked about that before, too, where, you know, we're in this life that seems like we're more interconnected than we ever yes. used to be. But at the same time, we're almost more lonely than we yes. ever used to be, because there's a lot of fakeness to all right of that. like
0: we're not being the the real person that mm-hmm. you know we could be yeah we're putting our best face forward so in that way we're not actually having a human connection where you reveal all your faults right. and your flaws yeah. yeah you're not
1: actually making connections outside of i have this many friends and they all like to this picture yes yeah so
0: or you could go the route that we go where we just lay it all out for people right like, listen this is who we are
1: None of this is made up. This is Please me. adore us anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to be adored. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who doesn't want to be adored? Right. Yeah. Um well for other genre pick, I went with another music themed. Mm. Uh this is Just Kids by Patty Smith ah, from 2010. So nice. I've talked to, Yeah, I've talked about Patty Smith before. Mm-hmm. Um both her music, her writing, um she's phenomenal just artist of all kind. But this memoir is something even more um incredible. Um, it's a memoir about her and her musical journey and living in New York City in the 1970s. But it's also about her partnership with Robert Maplethorpe, mm-hmm. who was this iconic queer photographer. Um, and so, OK, so it starts where it's talking mostly about her personal story. She she's going to New York very young. She's going broke, but she has dreams of making art like so many people do. You know, they go mm-hmm. to New York or L.A. and they're trying to make things happen. And she drifted for a time, as many young people may do, until she met just very randomly this guy named Robert. Mm. And they immediately were very kind of kindred souls. They were both really into poetry. They were both extremely ambitious. They knew they wanted to make art. And they were trying to figure out ways to do it. Um, So... Over their time together, which was over 20 years, they encouraged one another, they managed one another, they were really trying to make fame happen for each other, Mm -hmm. which is such an interesting idea of this collaboration, yet very individual careers at the same time. Right. Um, so, as, as part of the book goes on, where she's meeting all these figures of late 60s, early 70s New York, like Jimi Hendrix, the Velvet Underground, Jim Carroll, Andy Warhol, Sam Shepard, like so many cool people are coming in and out of this story. Mm-hmm. And it, it chronicles how Patty becomes a musician, how she starts putting her poetry to music and creating this sort of early punk aesthetic. And at the same time, Robert is becoming a photographer. And he starts digging into like SM type photos. And he mm. becomes very iconic in that path. And over time, Robert realizes he's gay. And so their relationship, which sometimes has been roommates, has been lovers, has been friends, it sort of shifts and morphs as he starts to figure out who he is as their careers take off. But it's still there. They're mm-hmm. still very, very tight. Um, what's kind of interesting is that, you know, you maybe you think about like – looking at a music memoir or biography, and I think there's a tendency to kind of romanticize things or to Mm. look back with a bit of nostalgia and everything's so idealistic. Mm -hmm. And there is some of that in here, but it's also extremely gritty. Like, there's lots of drugs happening. There's... uh, Robert is occasionally a prostitute to get by. Um, And the relationship does suffer as their fame sort of rises and ebbs and falls and everything. And uh, he ultimately dies of AIDS in 1989. But... Up to that point, they're absolute soulmates. She finds uh, she finds and marries somebody, has some kids, but she's writing this twenty years later, and it's it's so touching and heartfelt that this was such a specific moment of time, but also this this huge part of be- her becoming who she is yeah. and he becoming who he is it- it's really wonderful i and even if you're not a huge music person i think this is just such a interesting story of a relationship yeah. as well as a-, a sort of creative collaboration and just all the different ways that you can connect with another human being
1: i've heard a lot of great things it's about this so memoir. Good. i mean yeah. just when it came out it was just like a smash hit i mean people were about it yeah and i actually brought it to
0: my book club and mm. made them read it yeah, and <laughs> But they—they uh, they actually, you know, not everyone is into the music either. But they really enjoyed just the relationship aspect, the sure. the the history of it. Just she has a ten- she has an ability to just really invite you in mm-hmm. into her story, and it's really incredible. Very cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, um, for the other gen- genre pick this week, I brought a nonfiction. Um, Collection of essays by John Hodgman called Medallion Status, True Stories from Secret Rooms. So this was published in October 2019. If you're unfamiliar with John Hodgman, first of all, how is that possible? Shame on you. Yeah. And second, um, he was one of my favorite contributors to The Daily Show under John Stewart. His deadpan is just fantastic it's yeah unrivaled it mm-hmm. is so good and so he started out actually as a literary agent and then uh, moved into writing which is kind of how he landed on the daily show and then he ended up being a frequent contributor and then kind of a regular um, and then from there he actually ended up with some acting gigs when john stewart turned it over to Trevor noah he didn't um, stay and so he went on and he You know, a few comedies, a a few, like, dramas, Mm -hmm. a lot of different things. But so this book actually explores, like, his rise to fame, what that feels like to be adored, to be let into these secret Mm -hmm. things. And then also what it feels like when you kind of lose that status and, like, you're used to it. And how does that feel when it's not there? So the whole book is organized around secret rooms or sex of society that only like elite people are allowed sex, into.
0: Sex, Okay, because at first it was like secret S- rooms and sex. No. This is going a real weird place no. I would not have expected from John Hodgman. No. Okay. No, none All of right. that.
1: All right. Sex. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't make it sound it make it any, any more better. clear. All right. Well, you get the we'll idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, but the backdrop for the whole book, where the title comes from, is that he's got this relationship with an airline, and he won't say what it is, but he calls it Beloved Airlines, oh. where he becomes obsessed with being like their top level member, which you get by doing miles and traveling first class. Oh, and then you get into this special lounge. And it's kind of this backdrop the whole time of like, yeah, I did it because then I got this many more miles. And I can <laughs> yeah. So hilarious um like
0: that's his gauge of success that's yeah, fantastic. yeah yeah
1: and he writes to me his writing it's so great it's like witty and humorous but he also just writes what we're all thinking like just and has the, that great ability that i think really great comedic writers have which is to point out something that you know is a truth but you never thought to spend any time thinking about um one of my favorite essays is about how he <laughs> always goes to this hotel when he had to travel for some of his acting gigs he stayed at the same hotel which apparently a lot of celebrities stay at like it's got a private entrance it's very so it always felt magical to him because he would run into people there he'd end up having dinner with random people or whatever but he happens to stay there one time around the emmys and this is post john stewart so he's not going to the emmys and they're having an emmy after party and normally the hotel will like leave an invite for everyone that's there like you can come down to the party because you're staying here or whatever but he doesn't have one that time. Ooh. And he has this like total breakdown of trying to figure out how he can be invited to this Emmy party. That's in the lobby of this hotel that he's <laughs> staying at and his whole like thought process about it. And then coming all the way back around to like, okay, what am I doing is terrific. And I love that he's that honest. Cause some people could be like well i didn't really care i enjoyed the night in my no, room no that's not true everybody mm-hmm. would care everyone yeah. would care yeah um another one of my favorites is the story about his um Favorite vacation spot, which he actually wrote another book about called Vacation Land before this one came out that his family travels to. But there's a story in here about when a stranger comes to this area because it's very small and tight knit. So like they know John and his family. They know all the other people that live there all the time and then that stay there. So this new guy comes in and like how they all handle that. Hilarious. Um, So a couple quotes (laughs) that just gives you an idea. My favorite kind of science fiction is post-apocalyptic dystopia. But I just heard at the bar that je- that genre is going out of style. Frankly, that's not a future I want to live in. <laughs> like it's just so funny and dry and I right heard there. it at the bar so mm-hmm. it has to be true. And then this one which kind of hits on the theme this week I grew to really love the exquisite humiliation of auditioning. When you audition for a role, everything is organized around reminding you that you do not matter. It's the best therapy I ever received. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's a great way to spin it.
1: Yeah. So it's great. It's a great read. Um, so much of his voice obviously comes through perfectly terrific. And if you have ever seen him and thought that he was funny, you'll love this book. It was great. Wow. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. The, the notice about auditions, um, two things. One, it reminded me of our interview with Chanel Benz when she described like the humiliation of going to auditions where everyone looks the same or everyone's skinnier or whatever. Tell us a story about a wedding. Oh my God. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then also, yeah, that for some of this fame and adoration, you have to basically like humiliate yourself and prostrate yourself in front of all these people with the hope that maybe someone will like you and elevate you to this fame. That sounds
1: terrifying. And there's a other part of the book too where he's talking about some of the acting gigs he took and obviously He's not, you know, Brad Pitt. He's not getting yeah. like he. But there's some on TV shows, and he reads parts of the contract that are sent to him, and it's just terrific because it's like he plays like a. He always ends up in this role of playing kind of like a villain guy, like mm-hmm. a nerdy villain guy. Mm-hmm. And there's one where he's like a nefarious oboe teacher, <laughs> and he has to and he has to be naked and hold an oboe. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And so oh. he reads the writer about his nudity and everything, but it's great. Like listening. Imagining him getting that and reading it and then him sharing it in the book was. Oh my God. Yeah, so it was the question terrific. did
0: he get that role? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, somewhere. So, he's
1: actually describing going through it after. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, it was great.
0: So, somewhere there's footage of him mm-hmm. naked with an oboe. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, uh, that's, that's something. Lying on a bed. Oh God.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I don't know mm. if that's better or worse or yeah, what. But, yeah.
1: I well, other. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. okay. I'm not go there. <laughs> Backing out of that thought. <laughs>
0: Could have gone some dark places. I did, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of dark places, Ooh. boom transition, I'm killing it on these. I'm glad we didn't try and high five again though, because that was real awkward. That, got that, weird. that we won't yeah, do that ever. We, won't again. ever we basically just don't touch. It's Mentally fine. Yeah, exactly. Mentally high five. Yeah, Mental exactly. High five, yeah. uh, my pop culture pick this week is called Boogie Nights from 1997. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is okay. All right. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, did you know that he's married to Maya
1: Rudolph, and they have four kids? I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. He chose well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Probably married up. Really, that is married Yeah. Up. Maya yeah. Rudolph? Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little tidbit for you. How
1: could you? Like, I would be terrible in those situations because, like, like, or Amy Poehler, anybody like that that yeah. I think is hilarious, yeah. I they would hate me. Like, we would get past <laughs> one date and they would be like, "I can't do this. You are too obsessed." I'd be like, "But that's say something funny." But that's a good point. Imagine
0: dating like somebody like that and you're either trying to one up them like making jokes or something Yeah, so is probably too. disastrous or yeah. yeah waiting for them to do something and then funny. just being oh, way
1: too over the top oh, God. Not everything i say is funny no. i was serious i have a weird mole yeah i need to talk to you about this hmm i'd be like that's such a good bit <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you're a genius you are hilarious and yeah. maybe like we're done yeah we're like, done. this is not
0: happening. Mm-hmm. Well, it happened for Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, well, good and my for him. Criminal. Yes. Good for him. So I want you to remember back to the mid-90s <laughs> when Mark Wahlberg was known mostly as Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Funky Bunch with those Calvin Klein. Yeah. Brother of Donnie Wahlberg mm-hmm. from New Kids on the Block. Mm-hmm. He parlayed his own sort of fame into this sort of, sort of rap thing where he basically was shirtless a lot and like, feel it, feel it
1: good vibration what am I <laughs> feeling feel it feel <laughs> it yeah and the nunders are always sticking right, out right yeah. right right. Mm-hmm. so that was
0: him uh-huh. then mm-hmm. this was before he's now sort of a more serious actor yeah um he, at the time he'd done a couple movies he'd done do you remember fear with mm-hmm. reese witherspoon mm-hmm. 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 and then in 1997 this new hip filmmaker who would go on to marry Maya rudolph taps him as a star for this crazy movie so mark Wahlberg plays this young guy in the late 1970s who we eventually come to know as dirk um he's a busboy at a club in southern california and one night he catches the eye of a producer played by burt reynolds dirk's got a good look but rumors swirl that he also has a giant penis and burt reynolds being a producer of this huge genre huge new genre of porn it's like that's my guy yeah. for my next movie and Dirk wants to be a star. He always has. He's really dreamed big. And they're telling them they're telling him that he can be a star because of his body, because of his look, like all of that. Mm-hmm. He's like, sign me up. Done. So from there, we are introduced to SoCal late 1970s porn and the whole scene there. And Dirk does become a huge star. So we see that happen in the movie. And the movie has Julianne Moore, mm-hmm. Heather Graham, mm-hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm-hmm. John C. Riley, Don Cheadle, so many amazing people. And i it's this incredible ride through sort of the heyday of seventies porn when it was still in like movie theaters, and then, as it transitions to the v c r era mm-hmm. um and of course, as many stardom stories have, there's some reckonings with drugs with crime mm-hmm. all the elements that can get wrapped up in stardom mm-hmm. um a lot of things specific to sex work stardom mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I I like, though, that, you know, there's a lot that's sort of maybe played for laughs, like you kind of are Mm -hmm. like laughing at the scene. But at the same time, Paul Thomas Anderson, I think he's so good at creating real people, real characters. Mm -hmm. So you can't judge anyone here. You, you are... You're introduced to all of these people, They're potentially their reasons for being there, their desires for stardom, and you're pulled in to mm-hmm. all of them. Even Dirk Diggler. I mean, he's just he's just a guy that wants to be a star, right. and you're yeah. sort of on board with them. And so I, I really enjoy that, that it's a very human story with just people that are dreaming big, Get and it. they dream they were into porn. Yeah. Have you seen it?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So
0: there you go. Porn stars. Mark that Wahlberg. One. That was a good one.
1: Who I then went on that to
0: such great roles as The Departed. Ugh. I can't remember. Did he win the Oscar for that one? He was nominated. He won But
1: I should know that because that's like one of my top yeah. favorite movies of all time. And I
0: think of him all the time when I think of that movie. Yeah. It was a great role. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Ugh. That whole movie is terrific. And now he's the uh, one of the owners of Wahlbergers. So there you go. Which is why Mike loves him. Oh. Mike's decided they're friends. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. Huh. This is where we're at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Didn't you go on vacation and Mike was super excited? There was a Wahlburgers nearby or something. Yeah.
1: No, he looked at some place and what did he? We didn't because we didn't ever go there on vacation. But yeah, I can't remember where he what where where we were looking at going. But he got yeah. super pumped that because there, was there was one. A Wahlburgers. Yeah, he is really, really, really into it. And why is that? I He loves it. He really likes their burgers. Okay. Okay. I think he likes the environment because it's just pictures of Mark Wahlberg and movies and whatever. Did you know that he was such a
0: Donnie and Mark Wahlberg super fan? I don't think he knew he was. Oh,
1: yeah. okay. And then he just thinks their prices are terrific. He doesn't know how they're selling <laughs> that food for that price. I hear that a lot. Loves the huh. onion rings. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's, I think it's the whole experience for him. He just really enjoys it. Do we have
0: one here in Des Moines. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's in West Des Moines. Oh. Yep. Over by Jordan. Can't
0: say I've ever had an interest to go over there. I don't know. I do think they have a vegan burger. Do they? Yeah. Well, maybe I have to go now just to see what's up with this.
1: You might want Is to. Is
0: Mark Wahlberg usually on the premises here in our Des Moines branch?
1: No, there's lots of cutouts of him. Oh, but if oh. you listen to Mike talk, like yeah then you would think that you could run into him at any time wow. okay yeah mike should really be their pr person because wow he sells it hard you know increasingly
0: as we learn more things about mike i feel like we need to do a mike episode where we just do a <laughs> deep dive bring <laughs> him in here ask him lots of questions
1: <laughs> that'd be a great bonus of, <laughs> right oh my god a deep dive with mike that is that's a great bonus yeah idea. do you think he'd be up for it yeah okay it in great. Yeah.
0: i mean we could come up with some good questions for him yes yeah
1: i th- I th- i like all of that yeah i like that aaron's mm-hmm.
0: actually writing it down and you may bring it up to your husband
1: i'm gonna okay we'll see what he says okay
0: yeah tell him he can talk about Wahlburgers and why he he'll, loves it he'll be done there he'll be go.
1: on okay. just for that yeah mm-hmm <laughs> 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 We could even do a themed episode where we picked books that we think remind <gasps> us of Mike and then have him respond to oh, why we picked it. Oh my
0: goodness. I know. There's we could poss- go a lot of directions. Could. This could be its own series. It could,
1: it could be <laughs>
0: <laughs> sit down with Mike. Sit down with Mike. <laughs> sit down with MJ. Maybe it's a quarterly check-in with how Mike's doing. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just see what's on his mind, What's yeah. he's obsessed with these days. Right?
1: Yeah. That sounds. I should do that. Oh boy! The very least we should start getting a quote from him in every episode (gasps) somehow. Mm -hmm. We
0: really do. I mean, Mm -hmm. because Mason is often represented with his quotes. We need a Mike quote.
1: Yeah. We need a quote of the week. Yeah. Oh my god, that's terrific! This is so great when we come up with these
0: ideas on the fly, and then we make it happen. Yes. Wow. I love it.
1: Well, for my pop culture. This week, I'm bringing you a podcast. Oh, yeah, you are. Let me just tell you, first of all, that Amy actually recommended this podcast to me. Oh, I forgot I recommended this to you. Yeah, you did. And now I'm gifting it all to you. So this is kind of a double gift because we both liked it, so... Just saying. Double bonus. Double, double bonus. pick. So this is called The Clearing. And it's by uh, Gimlet Media in uh, conjunction with Pineapple Street Media. And it's um it's like a scripted podcast mm-hmm. in the sense that it's a story that they produced. Um, it was released in 2019. And it follows uh, this character, I shouldn't say character, this person named April, whose father was Edward Wayne Edwards. And if that means nothing to you, as it did me, he is may or may not be a prolific serial killer. Yep. He definitely murdered people. Mm -hmm. We just don't know how many. Yep. And so she's kind of going through this thing where she's questioning all these memories she has of childhood and realizing that he was probably murdering people. (sighs) And going back through his notes, going back through recordings he made of himself, there's just so much there, but the way that they put this together, I mean, it's true crime in the sense that, you know, you're dealing with crime, but it's so much more than that. It's so interesting to listen to her take on her dad and her You know, she's horrified by things. She's the one that actually brought him down that turned him in. And so she's horrified by these things, but then she's also not willing to just give, like say, yeah, he did all this. Mm -hmm. Like she almost defends him in some cases. And it, it's beautifully done. It was so great to listen to. I picked it for this week because a lot of him, of her father comes down to wanting to be adored. Yes. He wanted attention. Yes. He wanted all the attention and he would do a lot of crazy things to get it. Yeah. I mean, I am thinking of a specific clip right now where there was reports of like continual shootings at his house, like drive-by shootings, but it would be one bullet and one time it very narrowly missed his wife. Mm-hmm. And later, after he's been caught, he's in police interviews, and he says, he admits, no, like, I did that. Yeah. And they're like, why? And he's like, just, you know, get attention, stir up stuff, have the police come and talk to me. Like, that's the level you're dealing with. Yeah. And part of it, too, like, isn't he recording himself constantly? All the time. Yes. Which is so eerie, because so that is something that if you followed, um, and I... Uh, Susan Cox Powell case which I recommended a thing about that her husband yeah. recorded himself all the time you know what and, and when her ta- dad yeah
0: when you were talking about that I was thinking of the clearing and mm-hmm. how he can't even help himself sometimes he's recording things he really shouldn't mm-hmm. if he wants to stay free mm mm-hmm. yeah It's Mm -hmm. like he can't, his ego is just so much. They can't help themselves.
1: Or they think that, and I think part of it is like they think down the road they're going to be such a big deal that this stuff. Like April talks about the fact that at one point in jail, she receives a note from him and it's literally just his signature and it says, keep that, it's going to be worth money someday. Mm hmm.
0: And doesn't he like try to sell books? I mean, he's like trying to. That's how it all started because he was a criminal Uh and then
1: he got reformed, you know, found religion and then he wrote this book and he traveled as a motivational Mm -hmm. speaker for a a large amount of time saying like, I went through this, I did this and now look at my life. It's so great. In the meantime, he was
0: murdering people. Killing people. Yes. Yes. Killing people.
1: So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's such a
0: great pick for this, because, Mm -hmm. yeah, there are so many twists and turns throughout the show, which are fantastic. What I really liked, too, was how in in some cases she's able to bring clarity to families who had no idea what happened to some of the people they lost. And she's able to, like, by bringing some of these recordings of her dad to local police or whatever, like, connect the dots and solve some of these cases, Mm -hmm. even though it turns out it is her dad she's willing to do that because she wants to help these people out, which was so yeah, powerful.
1: It was. And then there are times where she says, no, it can't be him. This mm-hmm. can't be him because of this, this and this. Right. I mean, she's willing to go wherever it falls either way on yep. either side. It was very interesting. It's very interesting to listen to her growth as a person. Cause you can tell at the beginning, she's really struggling. Like she gets headaches a lot when they start talking yeah. about it. She kind of shuts down. You can tell. And then towards the end, The more and more they're getting into it, you can tell that it's easier for her to open up. It's she's starting to trust herself because she was like spent a lot of years doubting that her memories were correct, right?
0: Like thinking through things, Mm -hmm. thinking she remembered certain like real weird signs of stuff, and yeah, doubting herself, and then realizing, oh wait, no, this was all true. That was all true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah fascinating wow. it's great it's like eight episodes mm-hmm. you'll like it it's, i mean even if you're not really huge true crime buff to me it's so much more than that it
0: is it's very much like it's about relationships mm-hmm. it's about a kid trying to figure out who their parent is for better or worse mm-hmm. um yeah and you're right it is about like seeking fame like mm-hmm. he he wanted it in any way and there were so many times too where he was like trying to admit to things right like he would send stuff into the police yeah but they would but, but it wasn't like enough yeah he it was, was like so... he wanted
1: the attention but he didn't actually want to like go down for right. it it's very weird yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of discussion about whether or not he's the zodiac killer which yes if you're that was fascinating yeah yeah, yeah if you've heard of that then that's like mind-blowing because uh-huh. yeah to hear that but it is it's something it. i just i really enjoyed the experience i mm-hmm. think it was super well done i think it was produced ex you know expertly um the narrator does an excellent job of you know guiding you through that process i think she's a fascinating person to mm-hmm. listen to and see that side of it with that we don't see a lot yeah. so yeah great pick get after it
0: i'd had this on my list as one to potentially recommend in the future so well done thank you stole your glory that's okay i have more glory coming
1: okay <laughs> i wanted to just roll with that and then i was like i can't let it go i can't i can't she's got more glory so coming. much
0: glory coming so much glory for when i freak out to the media glory, glory that's <laughs> what it made me think of civil war that's not the glory i'm glory, thinking of not glory, civil war glory no 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 that's in the nope. domain
1: right that's probably domain think so. by now i, I would hope think so, so abraham like lincoln ancestors ago. own that or something i gotta pay honest abe for glory glory hallelujah because I'm honest not. Dave
0: Still getting money like royalties from stuff. Well, I stuff? would
1: think if it if oh, it was so, still, yeah. it would be his ancestors, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine meeting and they're like, "Look, <laughs> my great 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 grandpa was Abraham Lincoln, and I now own the rights to Glory Glory Hallelujah." I, yeah. And you're like what?
0: Be like, wow, this is not what I expected from a first bumble date.
1: Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, I own the rights to all theater boxes, so. Can't talk about those without paying me.
0: Yeah, that wasn't the glory I was talking oh, about. But okay. yeah, I mean, I'm going to be famous song for something. Now, now it is. Really it's really in, in sure. glory, glory. Yeah. Glory, Oh, dear. Why?
1: What was that in? Why I do I even know that? Because we all learned it as kids.
0: And I think it was a church song, too. It was? Battle Hymn of the Republic, wasn't oh, it? Oh, maybe.
1: Yeah. When does that get trotted out? I Why
0: would know. I ever have sang that? I don't know, but I
1: remember that too. Is it like a Fourth of July? Maybe, because <sighs> I remember the
0: words to oh, it. Oh,
1: you know what I remember it um... <laughs> I'm kind of to like this You got to go with it now. Um, it's not there anymore. But Disney World used to have a Hall of Presidents. Oh, and you it was. I know this is nerdy. They don't have mm-hmm. it anymore because it was so unpopular. But it was one of my most favorite <laughs> things. <laughs> that they had wax it figures so of all the presidents. Oh. Only people would only go in there if it was raining. I went oh, there every time. Oh, okay. Only have figures of wax presidents uh-huh. and they would like say something that they were famous for or oh. something and I'm pretty sure when he was talking he it went out on glory wow. glory. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I think that's why it's embedded cuz huh. I really liked that. Huh. Okay, which is questionable. Wow. On a yeah. lot of levels. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: Well, as usual, we've revealed a lot about ourselves. Too much. Whether Too much. it comes to your weird Civil War fixation or my fact that I'm going to freak out over racist pieces.
1: You know what doesn't freak me out? What? It- Killer listeners, that write reviews. Oh my god, you're
0: right. I mean, they they may freak us out in like the best way, in like a good way. Yeah, and not way. like civil war reenactors who freak us out in like all the right. the, the exactly. bad ways. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did well, you like that transition? Uh, I need a little credit for it. So him. good. <laughs> like I wanted to high five you again, and then I remember that we <laughs>
1: suck at this. <laughs> Man on high fives.
0: Did you realize that we were running long on this weird, like, Civil War um, element of our end yeah. of our episode? Yeah. yeah. I, well, and also, I like, just needed to
1: get away from all the precedents, because I admitted that, and I feel kind of weird, so... So you're trying to
0: cover your tracks, right? Really. Cover the wagons. Okay, let's that's fine. Let's get it back. Okay, let's yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Well, as mm-hmm. you said, listener reviews. Amazing. We've been starting to read some of them at the end of the episode. Because they're gems. Yes. Guess what? We got a new one. Ooh. And this is from a username... i know aaron's gonna laugh at me when i say this it's yuppery doodah and i like to think (laughs) that maybe the user (laughs) decided to use that username somehow knowing that in the future one of us would have to read it and it's like i'm gonna really mess with these broads Mm -hmm. i'm gonna mess with them with this weird ass Mm -hmm. name Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so anyway that name that i just Mm said um, says headline always entertaining says i love listening to these two hilarious broads talk about what they love most books all caps by the way books books have taken their recommendations and read several of the books discussed and love them too highly recommend this podcast to any and all readers out there looking to be entertained
1: i mean that's us we are entertainers. (laughs) <laughs> yes i couldn't have written it better or said it better myself
0: i think Keenan thompson said that in an snl skit and yeah. i've always You've just always liked I've it. loved it yeah that's fine if we it's are that i'm on board yeah. you don't even yeah. have to say anything else. exactly
1: yes well until next week happy reading